Sister Ashley, who's going to testify of what God's been doing in her life this week. So please give a warm welcome to Ashley as she makes her way forward. Amen. I just want to read the scripture from Deuteronomy 7.9. It says, Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is, faithful. he is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Amen. I just want to tell you guys that God is so faithful. This past season in my life, I have just seen his hand so amazing. You know, I went through a time where I just had to keep trusting and keep believing, though I couldn't even see it. I had to keep toiling, keep going, keep doing the right thing, not wavering. And let me tell you, God has blessed me. He has blessed my cup to overflow. I want and I need for nothing. I am blessed coming. I am blessed going. I am blessed in the field. Come on, somebody. And I just want to let everybody here know, you may be going through a time where you just need to keep your head to the plow and keep going and not give up. And I just want to let you know that God is faithful. He is faithful. It's who he is. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord God. I thank you so much, Lord God, for this body of believers, Lord God, that I've gathered here today, Lord God, believing in you, believing in your faithfulness, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you will show up and you will show out for them, Lord God that you, Lord God, would be our redeemer, that you, Lord God, would be our help, our ever-present help, that you, Lord God, would show yourself faithful to us, Lord God, in all seasons, in all times in our lives, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that your presence, Lord God, will be so thick in this place today, Lord God, that we would feel you like never before, that we would do things that we've never done before, that we would praise you like we've never praised you before. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is faithful, and it's so, it's, it's so true, and it's just something that actually we're going to sing about here in just a minute, just about his faithfulness and how he's glorious, and we are to worship him in the glory of his splendor. And I want you guys to just think about that, just like how glorious he is, how the angels, how they fly around him and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is yet to come. And when that, we say that word holy, it means set apart. It means different, different, different. Every time they fly around, they see a new aspect of God, a new facet of God. And we want to give him all that praise today. So we want to talk about his faithfulness today. And if those of you who are struggling with understanding his faithfulness, just think about all the times that he's been faithful to you, how he's protected you, how he's loved you when you were unlovable, how he's just guided your feet when you couldn't see him. That's what we want to do today. We want to focus in on him. Hallelujah, Jesus. We come before you. We want to worship you today, God. You are glorious, God. You are glorious, God. You are glorious, God. You are faithful, God. Hallelujah. And then we're going to sing, I have heard a sound. I have heard a sound coming on the winds, changing hearts and minds, healing brokenness. A generation breaking through despair. I hear a generation. 
many of us need healing in this place? How many of you know that he is Jehovah Rapha? He is God, our healer, and he wants to heal right now. And we just have to believe and we have to receive it today. That he is faithful to do what he asked, that we ask. The Holy Spirit is in this place right now, and he is healing both hearts and minds. He is healing body and soul. Lord, I just pray that you would have your way in this place. I pray for those who have sicknesses in their bodies, God, that they would be healed right now in the mighty name of Jesus. You said by your stripes we are healed, oh God. We know people in here that are suffering with migraines, God, and we want that to be broken in the name of Jesus. God, you have called us to live a whole life, not a partially whole life, God. And so I pray, God, that there would be healing for anybody who's a headache sufferer, a migraine sufferer, God. We just want that to be gone in the name of Jesus, God. Oh, Lord Jesus. For those who deal with sinuses or troubles breathing or troubles sleeping God we ask you to just heal them right now in your mighty name Jesus we just ask for those who have different mental illnesses God that you would heal them oh God there are some things that we can't even we don't even know how to deal with whether it's trying to balance our emotions and our feelings God I just ask you to heal those hurt places today where there is unforgiveness today, God, let there be forgiveness that abounds, God. Because you said, unless we forgive others, we will not be forgiven, Lord. And when we hold on to unforgiveness, it causes bitterness in our hearts. And it causes us to not live a whole healthy life, God. And it can cause all kinds of other stresses and symptoms, God. And so we just lift all these up to you today. For those things that we haven't even spoken, God, you know you are talking to your people today, Lord. And I pray that you would heal them, that they would acknowledge before you that there is brokenness in their lives. And that they need to be healed by the one who loves them the most. The one who can heal where doctors have no idea because you are the divine physician. And I just pray for that today. In Jesus' name. I want to go to he has paid the highest price and he has paid the highest price and he has proven his great love for us and we will praise him with our lives oh yes God and proclaim our love for him Let's proclaim our love today. Because he has paid the highest price. Yes, you have, God. And he has proven his great love for us. And we will praise him with our lives. And proclaim our love for him. Let's do that again.
across this room he is worthy of our praise he is worthy of our lives Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords he came to pay the highest price he paid the price that we couldn't pay he paid the price for sin and death with himself he poured out his blood his blood was poured out for us on the cross at Calvary. He is awesome. He is worthy. He is glorious. He is King. He is Lord. He is our Savior. He is the great I Am. He is the lily of, the, of Sharon. He is our rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He is our rock, our firm foundation. With Him we can never be shaken. He is our anchor for our Jesus, Jesus, shout it out with me this afternoon. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let's sing it. He has paid the highest price. Come on. Let's worship this afternoon with everything inside of us. Lift up your hands. Let him know that you give him your life and you will hold nothing back. Him with the 
by surrendering all. We proclaim our love to you, Jesus, by saying you are our Lord, you are our master. Have your way in us. Use us to reach this dying world for you. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness this afternoon. We thank you for your faithfulness to our life. We thank you that you paid a price that we couldn't pay for ourselves. You died, you were buried, and you rose again on the third day. There is no God like our God. No other God did that because they don't exist. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we give you glory. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Come on. He is worthy. God, you are so good. As you remain standing to your feet with me this afternoon I want to preach the gospel to you before we have a time of fellowship and meeting and greeting each other I want to preach the message to those of you who are not right with God today you have not been born again you do not have a relationship with Jesus and if we could get that verse up there please the Bible says that unless a man is born again he cannot go to heaven Jesus makes us new. In Acts 4.12, it says salvation is found in no one else. Say no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The Bible says we must be saved by the name of Jesus. That's why he came. That's why he paid the highest price for you and I because we couldn't save ourselves. Sin and destruction came into the world through Adam and Eve because they followed the the serpent's lie. And the devil wants to take each and every one of us out. But God, he came and he made a way. So I want to tell you today that you must be saved by this name. Salvation is from Jesus and Jesus alone, and you cannot do one thing to earn it. You have to receive the gift of salvation. So with all eyes closed all across this room, if you know you need to get right with Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to come into agreement with me. As the prayer workers come up to the side, you will have an opportunity to go to them during the fellowship time and ask them to pray with you so that you can get plugged in, get discipled. Jesus, I thank you for every single person in this room. I know that you're calling them, those that are not right with you, you're calling them, you're tugging on their heart. It is your loving kindness that draws all men unto repentance. And God, I pray that today will be the day of their salvation, that they will call out on the name of Jesus and be saved. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We serve a good God. God has a plan for us, and we must be saved. We thank you for joining us at Metro Praise this morning. Let's recite our confession of faith together at this time. If this is new for you, we want to let you know that the reason why we have a confession of faith is because it's our worldview. It is our Christian worldview. This is how we see the world around us, the lens in which we see our society, the lens in which we see our generation going. And we proclaim this over our city. We proclaim this over the world because we believe it. And if you believe it, let's recite it together on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world 
the Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Spend some time meeting somebody. If you want prayer, got to get plugged into the discipleship, you can see Rachel and Vanessa. Who's excited to be at church today? Come on. Clap it up if you're excited to be here. Look to your neighbor say, I'm so glad you came. It's good to see everybody here at Metro Praise International. We welcome you on behalf of all the leaders. We thank you for choosing MPI to worship the Lord this morning. And if this is your first time, please keep on coming. We got a lot of love to give to you and just some goodies to share with life and all that God has done for us here. Our services are at MPI are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And then on Fridays, we have Elevate at 7 p.m. for ages 11 to 18 years old. 
our teenagers are loving God. They're reaching their generation for the Lord, and God is doing such great things in our city. We want to let you guys know that at the end of the month, August 30th, we are having an MPI baptism and barbecue. Come on, who's excited about some baptisms and some grub? So if you want to be a part of that, come on and join us. It's going to be for both of our services, the 10 o'clock and the 1 o'clock. Invite your friends, invite your family. It's going to be an awesome, powerful, powerful time. We also want to inform you guys that we have Spanish translation available for your friends and family now. So if you know anybody that only speaks Spanish, please let them know that we have that for them so they can enjoy the service with us. As well as our t-shirts of all different sizes are in. So just want to keep reminding you guys, you can order any color, style, and size. We have it for you. You can purchase it in the back if you would like. Our vision here at MPI is very simple. It's loving God and loving people, the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. And our discipleship strategy has three steps. It's connect, mentor, and send. Somebody say connect. The way we want to connect you here at MPI to the church and to Jesus is through our life groups. If you turn around your handout, you will see our life group schedule for the quarter. We want to encourage you, find a place to belong. Look at the schedule. Look at the different kinds of life groups that are available for you in the times and days that they meet and find a place to connect to. And here's a snapshot of what we have available for you for just this week. So there's always something going on, something fun to do. Today we're kicking it off with our worship team practice, 201 and elders and deacons are meeting here at 4 p.m. Then our single mamas are also meeting today. Come on, all the single mamas. We love you guys. Child care is in, uh, provided there. It's at 5 p.m. We have powerful women of God that are going to be there to encourage you. Tuesday, the Resistance Elevate Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m., meet at the church. Wednesday, Righteously Redeemed Elevate Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m., meeting at the church. And then every Wednesday, our King's Kids Life Group, infant to 11 years old, 6.30 here at the church. Drop off your kids. We have Roller Rangers Boys Club, Impact Girls Club. It's an awesome time for our children to get a hold of Jesus. And then every Friday, we have two adult Bible studies for you guys to attend, 18 years and up. One is at the Govea's house. The other one is at the Walker's house. Both of those homes are run by our pastors. So those are some of our pastors who open up their home and just want to invite you in and have a Bible study with you, share life with you. Lasting friendships are built there. So meet them at those addresses at 7 p.m. on Fridays. And then Saturday, every week at 5 p.m., we meet here, evangelism, hitting the streets, preaching the gospel. How many of you guys know that Chicago needs Jesus? Come on, we want to win our city for the Lord. The devil can't have it. And we want to keep on preaching um, until we see our, our world change. Then we want to mentor you. Look to your neighbor and say, get mentored. We have leaders ready to take you through our 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. As we go through that with you one-on-one, -on -one, depending on your schedule, when you graduate that, you get into our 201 class called Disciples That Make Disciples. This is where we teach you how to be a leader in the church. And then we want to keep sending you out to win more people for the Lord, to share your faith. And our goal here is to have 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in the city and 500 around the world. If you believe we can do that and you want to be a part of it, say amen. Look to your neighbor say, I'm taking you with me. Come on. Nobody gets left behind. Who's excited to learn about tithes and offerings this afternoon? We are on section three, which is all about stewardship and our disciples giving book. It's a 52 lesson book for one lesson every week out of the year. 
And lesson five is what we're going to be learning about today. Stewards can receive more from God. How many of you guys would like to receive more from God? We're going to learn how to do that the right way, according to God's will. Stewardship is the wise management of everything God has entrusted us with. So there are things that God has given to us that he wants us to be stewards over and manage it wisely with his help. We're going to be reading from 1 John chapter 3, 21 through 22. You can follow along with me in the screen. 1 John chapter 3, 21 through 22 reads, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. How many of you guys like to keep God's commands and do what pleases him? I know I do. Let's read them three main points from this verse. Number one, have confidence in God. The opposite of fear, worry, and condemnation is faith. Somebody say faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because he only rewards and blesses those who believe that he is a good God. Therefore, don't let your heart condemn you when you're asking for things according to his will. So he's not a Santa Claus. He's not a genie in a bottle. When we go to him and we ask him for things according to his will, to be blessed, to be a blessing, to be blessed, to be a blessing to other people because we want more so that we could give more, he will do it. So we don't have to feel condemned. We feel confident. Number two, receive anything we ask. The reason why the believer is promised to receive anything they ask from God is because they pray according to his will. Align your desires with God's heart to receive all he has for you to accomplish your purpose. So he does want you to be blessed and prosperous so that you could accomplish his purpose for your life on this earth. We're not supposed to be selfish. We're supposed to be selfless, thinking about his kingdom coming to this earth and how he could use us to do it. And number three, keep God's commands. As disciples of Christ, we are to please God by keeping all of his commands, not just because we have to, but because we love to. How many of you guys love Jesus? So it's not like we're just following these strict rules. We love him. It's out of a relationship. We love God, so we follow his commands, not because we have to, but because we want to. Here's a summary. Have faith in God to receive all that he has for you. And this is how we can apply it. Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes and offerings to the Lord. A tithe is 10% of your income, and an offering is anything you give after your tithe. Number two, don't let your heart condemn you because of unbelief, fear, or worry, but rather have full faith, say full faith, and confidence in God that he will meet all your needs. And three, please God by obeying all his commands. If you believe that, let's confess this over our life together, this confession. On the count of three, one, two, three. God has called us to be managers that are committed to stewarding whatever gifts we have received from him. We are to be wise, fruitful, faithful, trustworthy, multiplying, and shrewd stewards, living debt-free and generous lives, providing an inheritance for our children and grandchildren. If that is you this morning, uh, please stand with me to your feet this afternoon. And let's prepare our hearts. Let's prepare to give God our best, our tithes, and our offering because he is good. Again, here at MPI, we believe that a tithe is a 10% of our total income, and anything above that is an offering, which we designate towards missions and building. And 
currently we are in a building fund where we're raising monies to get our Metro Praise International Church lit up sign to go across the storefront building. We're so thankful for every one of you that have partnered, that give generously. We cannot do it alone. We, everybody needs to be a part of the body of Christ to see his kingdom come to this earth, to see his vision happen and what he wants to do in Chicago. So we thank you. We also have two other convenient ways for you to give or purchase items in the church with your credit or debit cards. One is online at our easy to use website. And the other is in the back. You could see me after service if you have any questions about that. I would love to assist you. Let's recite this verse, Luke 6, 38. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. For with a measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your generosity to us. You have led by example. And Lord, we, we want to be faithful stewards. We want to receive more from you as we pray according to your will. Bless us, prosper us, bring increase on jobs with raises and promotions, God. We want to be blessed to be a blessing. We want to be your hands and your feet upon this earth. So I pray that you multiply the, this, these tithes and these offerings, God, so that we can see your kingdom furthered in Chicago and around the world. And everybody said amen and amen. Please come forward as you give today. And thank you so much for your generosity. Come on, can I get a G? Can I get an R? Can I get an A-C-E? Now what's that spell? Grace. Now what's that spell? Can I get a G? G, you got your G, you got your G. Can I get an R? R, can I got your R? Can I get an A-C-E? A-C-E, you got your A-C-E. What is that spell? What do we love? All right, give it up for Jesus. Come on. Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I don't know if y'all are ready for that. don't know if you're ready. Well, 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 we're going to talk today about growing in grace. How many want to grow in grace? How many have been loving learning about grace? I don't know about you, but each time I come to church, I'm learning something new, not only just because I'm preaching it, but literally studying it and learning it. I am literally growing in grace, and I hope that you're growing in grace, and today we're going to tie it all together to help you know how to continue to grow in grace. So let's look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, here we go. For by what? Grace, you have been saved through Faith, thank you. And this is not from yourselves. It is the what? 
gift of God, not by works so no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork or masterpiece or craftsmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, thank you, which Christ prepared in advance for us to do. So I want you to think about this as we go through this verse every week in the sermon series of grace. It's a summer of grace. I want you to think with me here about boasting. Everybody say boast. You know, the Bible says we can't boast in our own salvation. We can't do it. Think of it this way. Imagine if you were dying of cancer. A doctor found a cure and gave it to you in a little cup, just like as if you were going to take NyQuil. And he said, hey, take this and you'll be good. If you took it and you got healed of cancer, could you take the credit? Could you go around to a bunch of people without cancer and go, look at you guys. You guys suck. You still have cancer. Look at me. Look how awesome I am. Look what I did. Could you do that? No, you couldn't even take any credit for it, could you? You just took the cure. You just received the cure. Now think about it when it comes to salvation. Have you been guilty of going to sinners, going, you're a sinner, look at you, you're terrible, look at me, I'm a Christian. God has not called us to walk around boasting as if we did something. We're supposed to boast in God. We're like beggars who found bread and say to the other beggars, I know where you can get something to eat at tonight. We're sinners who have been forgiven. We can go to other sinners and go, man, look, my boast is not in myself. I was tore up from the floor up, needing a checkup from the neck up. I was busted and disgusted. Are you listening to me? I, I got Jesus, the cure. You can have Jesus. So let us not boast in ourselves. Let us boast in Jesus. Because we do want to make the world jealous. Jesus said it's a good thing that the world looks at us and says, that's what I want. I want a marriage like a Christian marriage. I want a family like a Christian family. But we don't take the credit. When people see my children, they're well-behaved. They go, I love your children, like the waiters or the waitresses. When we go out to eat, they go, you're so well-behaved. I give God the glory. God has taught me how to raise my children. God has made me a good father. And if you like it, you can come on and have it. I'm not just taking a selfie of me in my car going, don't you wish you had it, na, 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 na. Here's me on my vacation. Don't you wish you were here, na, you were not here. No, when you see something in a Christian's life, you don't hate, you celebrate. You go, hey, if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. If God bless my neighbor, God will bless me, amen? So remember this, saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift that all of us have the chance to receive. Amen? How many want to grow in grace? Amen? We're going to keep learning about that today. Look at this definition of grace we've been having all summer long. All summer long, it's a summer of grace. Everybody go, grace. I'm just so excited. I want to sing. Look at this. Grace is God's undeserved favor, love, help, and enablement made available through Jesus Christ and given to believers by the presence of the Holy Spirit. God the Father sends it. Jesus paid the price to give it, and the Holy Spirit's present enacts it. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Look at your neighbor, and let's do the Holy Ghost handshake. I'm going to use it as an example, okay? Alec, or just come stand up. Everybody look up your neighbor. Go like this. Get, get a hold of their hand, neighbor hand, shake, okay? Everybody go, Father, Son, and go Holy Ghost. Ooh, snap. Oh, snap. Do it again. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. God bless you, my brother. I'm sorry you dropped your phone and your stuff there. Sorry about that. Isn't that cool? You can teach that to your kids, the Holy Ghost handshake. Well, the, the Trinity is involved in our salvation. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. 
And God the Father sent the Son, Jesus the Son, died on the cross for our sins that we could be saved. And the Holy Spirit is with us now while the Father and Son are in heaven making known to us the love, the power, the salvation of God. When the Bible said be born again, the born again nature is a spiritual nature. You were born the first time of flesh. Your mom and dad got together, there you came, right? Maybe like a song like let's get it on was in the background and here you came but now it's like R. Kelly songs and different things you know what I'm saying Al Green is old school but are you guys tracking you came out nine months later you want a spiritual rebirth you got to get hooked up with the Holy Spirit amen and there ain't no making love involved in that amen there's just the Holy Spirit creating in you a new spirit that's why when people say what came first the chicken or the egg the chicken came first because God said it and that's where it was God didn't have to have man the first Adam come from a womb he came from the creation from the word amen so this is the great uh, the definition of grace. It's favor, love, help, enablement. God's favor, love, help, and enablement made through possible through Jesus Christ given to believers by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because of God's grace, we can experience his mercy, forgiveness, and the power to live the God kind of life. How many want to live God's life? Are you done trying it on your own? I don't want to be like Donald Trump. I don't want to be like the next superstar basketball player, baseball player. I want to be like Jesus. And then whatever Jesus has me to do, I want to do it differently. I don't want to do it like the world. Are you guys with me? How many of you would like to see more billionaires do it like Jesus than like Donald Trump? We don't need no more pimping billionaires. We, mean, we need more humble billionaires. Amen? Just make me a humble billionaire, Jesus. I promise I'll be nice. How many would pray a prayer like that to Jesus, right? Help the poor, be good to your workers, give them extended days off, have the culture in your, in your job community where people want to work, right? Well, that's what we need to pray for. Well, God's grace enables us to succeed and to have mercy not only for ourselves but for others. And that's what brings us to today's message. We're learning about grace. The whole summer is the summer of grace. Has anybody ever hashtag summer of grace yet? You better do it right now. Hashtag summer of grace hashtag it's all about that grace it's all about that grace about that grace no devil it's all about that grace about that grace no see if y'all haven't been here when we've done that that's another one you know what i'm saying we got all about that grace and hashtag all about that grace hashtag summer of grace or just hashtag grace God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Isn't that awesome? Today's message, growing in grace. How do we grow up into grace? How do we understand it better? How do we live it out more? Think of yourself being born again as a child, and now Christ wanted to develop maturity in you. Paul said, I don't want to stay a child and do childish things. I want to put off childish things and go on to maturity. It's a good thing for a baby to drink milk, have its diapers change, and need to be burped. It's not good if I have to do that with one of the young men on the stage here, right? If I have to change your diapers, it's going to get really stinky. I'm going to have to come in there with a shovel, a really long glove, and you know, scoop it out. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to do that. It gets nasty. Right? You want to grow up. You want to grow up. And I can't go into a story about it, but my little boy had to go with me into the men's locker room and had to watch me using the bathroom, and he had so many extra questions. You know, maybe I'll share it now, you know. He's like, he's like, Daddy, you stand up when you go? And I'm like, yeah, I stand up. And I'm like, you're going to learn how to stand up one day too. You see, that's growing up, amen? But you got to grow up. 
you got to make a decision to grow up. So turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. And look at what Peter said about growing in grace. Now, if you remember, last week, Peter was the one that taught us how to be humble to receive grace. Remember that? Grace for the humble? That was also from Peter. Peter knows a lot about humility and grace. Why is that? Peter messed up a lot. He fell down walking on the water. Remember, he needed grace to be lifted up. Peter said that he knew who Jesus was, the Messiah, but then he tried to tell Jesus not to go to the cross, and Jesus told him, get behind me, Satan. How many know he needed grace that day? How many of you are like, if I looked at you and I'm like, excuse me, Brian, <clears throat> no, I mean Satan. Get behind me. How many know you need God's grace to still love Jesus after he would do you like that? Then Peter was told he's going to deny Jesus three times. And, and you'd think like he's denying him before some big Roman soldiers like Gladiator or 300 type stuff. His last betrayal was to a girl and he cursed the girl out talking about he didn't know Jesus. This man knew a thing or two about humility and grace because of what he had been through. Let's look at what he taught us on how to grow in grace. Second Peter, this is his second letter, chapter 3, verse 17. He says, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard that you may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both glory, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Everybody say amen. Think of yourself being in a secure position. Anybody ever see The Walking Dead or a zombie movie? They can't shoot aerials, shoot guns. They can't climb. They just come after you and eat you, right? Now imagine you being on a tower. You're secure. You can't get eaten by them. But guess what? If you fall, you can. This is what Peter is saying. Know where you are right now as a Christian and don't fall from that position by the error of lawlessness or those who teach it. Don't let anybody tell you now as a Christian you can keep on sinning and God don't mind it. God saved you by grace so you don't keep on sinning. He saved you to transform you. The devil's down there trying to get you to come to his level. He wants to tempt you. Come on down here. Be with me. Do what I do. But why is it whenever the devil tempts us, he never tells us the full story? When he tempts us to abuse substances or to use substances, he doesn't talk about the abuse of the substance. My sister died drinking and driving. He doesn't remind me of the funeral. He reminds me of the party I used to have. Are you listening to me? So he says, come on, let's party. And he forgets to tell me that my sister died from over-party and now her two children, one got adopted and another one raised by someone else. Are you listening? By the father. And that child still hasn't really recovered. Are you with me? See, the devil's a liar. Don't come from your secure position, but rather do this. Grow in grace. Everybody say, grow in grace. Now, if you want to know how to grow in grace, you've got to go to the beginning of Peter's letter here, 2 Peter chapter 1. Go there quickly. Verse 3, he tells you how to do it. That's the last part of the book, and I wanted to start there so you could see the phrase, grow in grace. Everybody say, grow in grace. So you've got to grow in the favor of God, grow in the knowledge of God, grow in the mercy of God. So how do we do it, Peter? Okay, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to go to the chapter 1, the previous chapter, and see how you did it. Look at what Peter says. It's a little bit lengthy. We're going to read eight verses, but check it out. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. How many things do we have to live a godly life by God? How many things? Come on, everybody say everything. So if you're a Christian, you have everything you need to live a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us very great and precious promises. How many know the Bible's got some promises? If you're living for Jesus, you're not afraid of revelation, are you? Because you're on the winning team. 
If you're not living for Jesus, that's a precious promise. Is that a threat or a promise? Jesus says, both, baby, I'm coming. You know, he said, I'll be back. And he's coming to throw people into the lake of fire. But I'm not scared. Why not? Because I got a precious promise that I'm on his side. How many want to be on Jesus' side? Remember, I'm not better than you. I'm just boasting in Christ. If he saved a high school dropout like me, he can save you. Right? He can save anybody. Look, through these great and precious promises that we may participate in what? The divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. You know, another way to look at the word participate is to look at the word dance. See, I can't dance worth anything. If you try to participate and dance with me, I'll step on your toes, mess it up, ladies. If dudes, we were doing some type of dance like just looking all hard and stomping, I would, I would just, I would make y'all laugh. And then they would laugh me off America's Got Talent. My kids always watch America's Got Talent and they're like, Dad, can you do any of that? And I'm like, Daddy ain't got none of that talent. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't do gymnastics. I can't juggle. But I can talk about Jesus. I'm going to help you love Jesus. That's what I'm going to help you do. Amen. God wants to dance with you in his divine nature. You don't know how to move through your life with the right attitude, but the divine nature knows how. He wants you to participate with him. Do you want to be a dancing partner with Jesus through life today? Participate with Jesus, the bochata in your family, the bochata of being a mother, a father, the, the running man. Do you want to dance with Jesus? He wants to participate with you in the divine nature, which you don't know, he knows. What you can't do, he can do. You don't know people like he knows people. You don't know the future like he knows the future. I need his divine nature. I have been invited to participate. I'm going to get on the dance floor with Jesus, amen? And I know some dudes, this messes with you, dancing with Jesus, like it gets to be a little weird, you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden you think like you're backing it up with Jesus. No, no, no. It ain't like that. Let me help all the dudes, all my masculine men. Look up up here. Look up here, all you dudes. Look, I'm a man like you, huh? I'm hard. I'm hard. I'm tough. I got something for you, huh? Hmm. Okay, now watch this. Instead of thinking about dancing, think about him taking you by the hands with a bat in your hand and helping you swing and hit the ball. Like a father coming to you, participating, God teaching you through the divine nature how to live for him. That's a little bit better, isn't it? My dad taught me how to throw the ball, catch, football, all of that. Let's keep going. Look at this right here. Next verse. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and the goodness, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, which means brotherly love, and the mutual affection, love. Everybody say love. We'll talk about those seven things here in just a moment, but look at what it says. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, everybody say increasing measure, so those seven things we just heard about, Peter says, if you have them and you keep growing in them, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever I meet Christians who are unproductive, ineffective, and in doing godly things, it's not God's fault, baby. It's because you ain't applying those things to your life. Hey, it's tight, but it's right. Amen. You can say, oh my, oh me, or amen. How many people saying Amen. Right there. Now look at it. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So here's the connection, guys. He ends the letter by saying grow in grace. But how do I grow in grace? I grow in faith. Because if I don't have the faith and those seven attributes growing in my life, I'm going to forget that Jesus saved me by grace and that it was by his faith. So how do I grow in the favor, the blessing? The gift of God's grace. How do I do that? By increasing in my faith. Now look at this last part right here. Peter says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. Everybody say, make every effort. Make every 
to conform to confirm rather your calling and election for if you do these things those seven things we just mentioned you will never stumble how do i fall off that secure place by stumbling and falling and he says you won't stumble you won't fall now does that mean i'll never make a mistake i won't sin it doesn't mean that I may as a Christian sin. I may as a Christian make a mistake, but I won't fall from that place. Why? Because sin is not my destiny. Sin is not my desire. It's something that I fight against, I repent for, and I come back to Christ to live according to his word, building up these things in my life. Are you with me? Your child may make mistakes, but that doesn't mean they have to run away. That's a whole other thing. Don't run away from God. Stay in that secure position. And then it says, and you will, and it says, if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, yeah, you just made it in. You just believed in me like the thief in the, on the cross. You had your last 30 seconds and you gave me your life. No, I want to be welcomed in richly. I want there to be rewards for how I treated my family, how I was in the community, how I did my purpose in life. For me, it's a pastor. For you, it's a different kind of job. I want to come in with a rich reward and welcome into the kingdom of God. Amen? Now think of these things as we close it out today. Can I get Rachel to come up to the keys? I want you to think about how to grow in grace. Here's what Peter said. Number one, acknowledge God's power. If you go back to the first part of that uh, passage in Peter, he said, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I need Rachel. If that's not you, that's okay. Okay. Everything. Everybody say everything. So the Christian is never ill-equipped to grow, succeed, and prosper. Does that mean things will be easy? No, it won't. Think about Martin Luther King Jr. Whatever he faced, he had what he needed. God equipped him. Whatever Moses faced in the Bible, he had what he needed. He was equipped. You have everything you need to make it to the end of this race. You have everything you need, mothers, to be a great mother by God's grace. You have everything you need, husbands and wife. God has given it to you. Just call them up and tell them what you need. I got out my car, you know, right, right where I live. A dude asked me for $5 to put in the tank. And I said, man, I ain't got $5, but I got Jesus. And he, like, laughed at me. And I said, I guess nobody ever taught you the song. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on that main line, tell him what you want. Oh, Jesus on that main line, tell him what you want. You better call him up and tell him what you want. Did I not sing him that song in the parking lot? He looked at me like I was crazy. Then he went and hopped in his car. He's like, bye. I'm like, you better learn that song. Jesus on the main line. Jesus on the main line. Ask, knock, seek. That's what he taught us to do. Peter said, it's already been given. Number two, Peter goes on to say that his divine promises give us the ability to participate with the faith that we have and the reward that we're hoping for. So I'm not just having faith in faith. I'm having faith in a promise, and I get to see some stuff come true. I get to see some things happen in this world. How many of y'all, check me right here, I need everybody's participation. Otherwise, it's going to look dumb, and only two people are going to raise their hands because I know it's more than two, so everybody got to pay attention. How many of y'all ever had faith in God and in a promise of God and you received what you had faith in that promise for God did it? Raise your hand if you have had that come to pass. Amen. If he's done it once, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. What are those seven qualities that we're to add to our faith? They're simple. Everybody can remember them. It's really simple. Goodness, 
we got to add to our faith doing the right thing. So my faith just can't be a mental ascent. Like, oh, yeah, I believe in Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, but that didn't change my life. If you just believe in God, that's it. You have no good works. The Bible says your faith is dead. Your faith should produce goodness and keep working on goodness. How are you good? How can you be good? Because God's in you. Remember? You're dancing with them. Number two, knowledge, study. If I said right now we're going to take a test on trigonometry, most of us would fail. We haven't studied it. Why do we think the Bible will be any different? When did you learn how to be a husband? When did you learn how to be a mother? When did you learn how to respect your parents? When did we learn how to say no to lust? When did we learn how to say no to our bad tempers, fight the things that fight against us, right? you got to learn these things. It don't come natural. The Bible says your flesh is not going to want to do it. What comes more natural, eating Twinkies or going to the gym and running a mile? What comes more natural to your body? Now, if you like to run a mile like that, you got to come talk to me because I got to get what you're on. I got to get what you're on, okay? If you're drinking some health supplement that makes you want to run a mile, just as long as it doesn't have caffeine because you can't imagine me on caffeine. It would be too much. Self-control. Everybody say keep it under control. God gave you a free will. You can raise your hand. You can put it down. You open your eyes. You close your eyes. You decide what you look at. Add to your faith self-control. Perseverance. Don't give up. Sometimes you get discouraged, but don't give up. Sometimes people let you down, but don't give up. Remain in the place that you're at until God tells you to move. And I know it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard. So many times I've wanted to get out of the pain, get out of the problem. But God is saying, I'm going to come to you in the problem. See, when the, when the disciples were on the boat and the boat was about ready to sink, and everything's going wrong, Jesus comes to them. Jesus came to them. Jesus came to them. If they would have quit, abandoned ship, we're going to die. They, would have, they would never would have seen the other side of the shore. Hello, somebody. Aren't you glad there are people in your life that didn't quit on you? Aren't you glad that there are people in this church that don't quit on you? Aren't you glad that somebody in your company fought through a bad economy and there's still jobs in America? Amen. Don't quit. Learn not to quit. Hear that thought of quitting and rebuke it and say, I'm going to stick around because Jesus said I could godliness, God-likeness. I don't want to be like a man. I want to be like Jesus, the God-man. All of us can be like Jesus. Jesus is not a race. Jesus is divinity. People are like, was he white or black? I don't care if he was white, black, Latino. It don't matter to me. Does it matter to you? I believe that we should treat each other equally, but there's not many races. There's one race, the human race. And when we in church can exemplify that, we can go out into our world in politics and police officers and show that, but we all need to be like Jesus. The Pope needs to be like Jesus. I need to be like Jesus. You need to be like Jesus. Are you guys tracking with me? I don't want to just be American culture. I want to be kingdom culture. What is Jesus like? Some people are like, well, my parents taught me like this. Well, if your parents were wrong, follow Jesus. Not everything my parents taught me was right either. Follow Jesus. I don't want to go to heaven and blame it on everybody else. I want to live like Jesus. Mutual affection. Everybody say brotherly love. Add to your faith, treating others like the way you want to be treated. Put yourself in everybody's situation, wherever you're at in life, even the tough situations. When I have to discipline my child with a spanking, Am I treating that child the way I would want to be treated if I was being spanked? If you're an employer here and you've got to fire somebody, are you firing them the way you would want to be fired? You see, if you're a police officer, are you arresting the way you would want to be arrested? We always have to put ourselves in the other person's position and say, if I was in that position, would I want that person treating me this way? 
Or another way to look at it is make happen for others what you want to have happen for you. And then lastly, love. Everybody say love. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Love binds them all together. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love hopes. Love trusts. Love keeps no records of wrong. Love never fails. God is love. We are to be like God. You miss any of these ingredients, you can't bake the heavenly pie of growth. You miss one of these, it's like missing sugar. It's like missing flour. It's like missing the chocolate for the chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to maybe have some of those later on with my girls. It's kind of hot, but it's never too hot for chocolate chip cookies. That came from this Girl Scout that brought them over to my house to make them on our own. I really like them. And we made them in little shapes, and it's really cool. You miss any of these things, the yeast, the flour, the vanilla. It doesn't work. He said then increase in all of these things. You don't stop doing them. I mean, really, have you loved enough? Can you say right now, I have loved enough. I can't grow in love. Can you say, man, I'm so good at self-control. I never, I'm never out of control. Now, by God's grace, we are achieving this and doing this, but we are always to be increasing in this. I'm not looking back at my past, feeling sorry for myself and all the things I did wrong. I'm looking to the future, saying, God, show me how to make it right. And then lastly, make every effort to confirm your calling. And that means to be sure that you know that you know you're saved. Do you know that you know you've been saved? Are you 100% sure? If you have any doubt, deal with that. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to change you. Ask God to teach you. Just go back to the knowledge. You know, if you have doubt and it's a knowledge issue, go back to knowledge. And live out the life that he called you to live. I want you to see this as we get ready to roll out and pray today. Don't be in a hurry because I'm making extra time for these altars so that we can pray before we go out every week. Think about what growing in grace will really mean to you. Growing in grace. Why should we do it? Because we're saved to live a faith-filled God kind of life. That's what we're saved to live. A faith-filled God kind of life. Participating, dancing in Jesus' divine nature escaping the world's corruption caused by the flesh's evil desires and looking forward to a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you want to grow in grace? Do you want to add those things into your life? Do you want to continually increase in them? And do you want to look forward to a rich welcome into the kingdom of God? Do you? If you want to, would you stand up with me and would you just bless the Lord for his grace? Amen. Band, would you come along with altar workers? Would you just close your eyes right now and just focus on your life? We close our eyes to not be distracted. We open our mouths to talk because we're made for a relationship. God calls that prayer. Now, with your head bowed, eyes closed, head bowed is a sign of respect in this culture, but not necessarily biblical, but just follow the thought, bowing your head, closing your eyes. Would you now search your heart and ask the Lord with your mouth to show you where you need to grow? Come on, just open your mouth. God, show me where I need to grow. And then now let us listen to God speak to our heart. Where does God want me to grow? Has any of the issues been touched on today? 
Is it something that wasn't touched on but can be applied to today? Now I want you just to raise up your hands as a sign of surrender and say, Lord, I want to grow in grace. Come on, I want to grow in grace and give this situation to God. Give the hurt, the trouble, the trial, the doubt, the fear, the the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding, the tiredness, the weariness, whatever it may be, right now I give it to you, God. Come on, just give it to him. You have everything you need. All you have to do is ask. You can grow up in grace today because his divine power has given you everything you need. He wants you. He invites us to participate with his divine nature. Now, in your own words, say, Lord, teach me. Teach me to grow. Give me practical ways to change and to align my life with you. I love that example of dancing, so forgive me if some of the fellows don't appreciate it, but I just see God saying, now look, when I go left, you go left. When I go forward, you go forward. Or when I go backwards, you go forward. You know, however that dance move is, you get it. God's just going to teach you how to do it. When you go to work and they say this, you say this. When your enemies do this, you do this. In your marriage, when you guys fight, do this. I really believe God speaks to his people. I really believe that. Just a few more moments for us to hear the dance of God, the steps of the Spirit. I want to grow up in this thing. My children are looking at my example. People are watching me. It's not because of who I am. It's because of God, but they are watching me. I want to be who God called me to be on my job, in my family. Just as Jerry plays, uh, Steve, would you come up here for me? I want to give you this song. We're going to do a karaoke song. But Jerry, uh, rather, Rachel, just keep on playing. And we're going to dismiss um, by praying before you go. So would you let me pray for you before you go? Steve, come and get this song for me, please. Sorry about that. Just still in an attitude of prayer. I really just want to play this song right here. You see that one right there? Thank you. Just come on, just a few more moments, attitude of prayer. This is how we're going to dismiss. It's going to be very simple. I'm going to pray, and we're going to listen to this song, and altar workers are going to be here to lift up any need you may have to grow in grace. Now, because we're making a shorter first service, I would like to ask you to stay until the end of the song, and all of us have prayed, because then I want to share just an application of my own life. But if you have to go, go ahead. No one's going to hold it against you. The nursery workers are ready to go. But I just want to kind of make our second service a little shorter on the preaching end, but a little longer on the praying end. So once again, if you could stick around for the song and the prayer time, 
I believe you're going to want to see at the end or hear at the end just some application. And if you needed prayer, you're going to be so thankful that you stuck around. So let me just pray before we do this. Lord, I ask that some of us who just need to be real and be honest and come up today and and receive prayer, that, God, we won't be prideful. We won't act like we have it all together. But we'll find someone that can relate to us up here and ask them to pray with us. And then, Lord, for the rest of us who who may not want to have prayer in that way but want to worship, I pray we'll hear the words of this song before we leave and understand that you are good. And we weren't, but it's because you were so good that now we can be good. And now it works because you work it. Thank you, Rachel. Would you put up the song? Lord, I pray now that we would be honest with you for the next few moments. If you need prayer, would you come forward? Would you turn up the song so they can worship? Come on, put up a little bit more. Then, Rachel, would you sing it with him, please? Put it up a little bit more. Just want this to be the anthem of our heart. You are good. And turn up Ray, um, Rachel's mic so she can sing it. It's a real simple song. You'll get it. You are good. And I just need it a little bit louder, please. Don't be shy today. It's not a library. And your love endures forever. You are good. You are prayer come on up let us pray for you or just worship with this song today some would say that you cannot be found some would say that about God some would say that you are far away but I know you're the God who lives in me and I know you will always have my heart Come on, sing it out. You are good. Come on, I need Rachel up a little bit. I want her to sing karaoke style, but let's sing it. Come on, Rachel. You are good. Yes, if you're not being prayed for, would you sing it out? God is good, and His love endures forever. He'll change you. He's changing me. Let's sing it again. It's just a few more moments. You are good.
today. Isn't he worth our lives? Oh, he's got it under control. He just wants us to trust him. He just wants us to trust him. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. And as you turn that down in the back, she's going to play in the front, please. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Thank you for making that happen, sound team. I trust you, Jesus. Just a few more moments, and then I'm going to close out with an encouraging word, and we'll formally dismiss. Thank you for those of you who are hungry for the Lord, who who stuck around to stay in his presence. God's love is amazing. God's grace is amazing. If you're going to grow in anything, I mean, come on, grow in grace. I would want to rather grow in grace than grow in education, finances. All of that's good, but one's more important than the other. I need grace. I need grace. My family needs grace. This community needs grace. Amen. I want you just to hear me. If you're praying at these altars, could you pause just for a moment? Not because the prayer is not important. I just want everybody to hear this before we formally dismiss. I want you to hear this about grace. Why did Jesus come without a sword? Why did Jesus come in a manger? Think about this. Because he didn't want to conquer us in violence. When he stood before Pilate, Pilate said, are you a king? What did they put over his thing to mock him? King of the Jews, right? Are you a king? That's what Pilate asked him. Are you a king? Steve, just pause praying for a moment. I need everybody to hear this, please. Not because the prayer is not important. It's just I need everyone to hear this. They said, are you a king? And he said, it is what you say. And then Pilate said, Where's your kingdom then? And Jesus said, no, it's not of this world. But one day you'll see me come in my kingdom. Jesus didn't come to conquer us in violence. He came to conquer our hearts. That's why he came in a manger. That's why he came to die. And so, Amanda, if you still need prayer, I want you to come forward. I want you guys to keep praying, and the rest of us, we're going to keep worshiping. You'll be formally dismissed. Cafe, hang out. We love you. Go in grace and grow in grace. But listen, remember this. Jesus came to conquer your heart. Treat others that same way. Remember what you have been forgiven of. And add to your faith these things because it will change you from the inside out. Isn't that awesome? He conquered us with love, not with hate and not with violence, not with anger. So if I want to conquer my wife, the only way I conquer her is not with my will and stomping my feet. This is my house, woman. You'll do it my way. I conquer her heart with love. Don't conquer my children with hate and anger. Yeah, I may have to spank him every now and then, but I can't go, what's wrong with you, dummy? Why don't you listen? Can't do that. 
got to conquer his heart with love. Conquer my daughter's heart with love. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I ask as we go our separate ways, we will grow and go in grace. Help us, God, to remember what you've done for us and help us to live in love and grow in grace. In Jesus' name. And can everybody say amen one more time? Because he's worthy, is he not? Amen. God bless you as you're dismissed. But if you want to keep praying, we're going to be up here. Rachel, thank you. Keep on singing it. And if you need anything, let us know. Otherwise,